Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm Betsy Jewell, and I'm glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm delighted to welcome a great friend and someone I've admired for a long time. Anne Immig is a positive psychology certified life coach at listenlifecoaching.com. Anne and I met when our firstborn kiddos were in preschool over a decade ago. We moved away shortly thereafter, but Anne and I have stayed connected over the years. Anne has traveled a very interesting and successful journey, and she shares more about that in this episode. During our conversation, Anne explains what positive psychology is, how we can apply it in our lives, and how we can use it to help our teens thrive. Anne shares some tips about helping our teens conquer the college application process. She and I are both watching our kids go through that right now, and it is no picnic. Be sure to stick around and hear Anne's valuable advice for parents of teens. Our conversation is fun and informative and filled with helpful tips from Anne. So let's get started. Hey, Anne, thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm so happy to be here, Betsy. I'm happy to have you. For my listeners, Anne and I go way back. Our our firstborn children went to preschool together, which feels like many, many, many moons ago, and now they're seniors in high school. So we've we've come a long way, and despite miles and miles of distance, we've still stayed connected, which makes me really, really happy. Um, and I'm glad you're here. So before we get started with the topic and all the questions, will you just take a minute or two and introduce yourself to my audience? Sure. My name is Ann Immig, and I'm a life coach and multi-hyphenate creative person who writes and performs. And most of the time, I'm a mom to two teenage boys. Yeah, you are a super creative person. You have quite a journey or have had quite a journey to where you are now. And I love the work you're doing now. So let's talk about that. So you're a positive psychology coach. Am I saying that right? That's exactly right. Okay. So for people who don't know what that is, and I'll be honest, I know a little bit, but I don't know a lot. Can you talk a little bit about what that means, how it works, and and the kind of how you apply it. Yes, I would love to. So positive psychology is really working with what works. So traditional psychology really focused on dysfunction. And Martin Seligman and his colleagues made a pivotal shift. He came from traditional psychology and sort of flipped it on its head. Instead of studying what's not working, let's study what works for humans and how they can improve their well-being by working with what works. So I have a certification in positive psychology coaching. And what that really means is no matter what I'm coaching somebody around, whether it's making a change at work, improving their well-being, or if they just feel stuck, it's the lens with which we work. And it involves a strengths assessment. So knowing what your strengths are, 
figuring out where you find flow and a whole assortment of evidence-based research and tools to help people improve their well-being. Okay. So I love this because I am also in my coaching and just in general, I'm all about focusing on the positives and the strengths. But let me step back a little bit. So you you actually have a, your undergrad was in well, my undergrad was in theater, but I do have a master's in social work as well. Okay, so social work. So you've you spent quite a bit of time learning about people and how they work and how they think and behavior and all that. So how did you connect those dots? Because I know that you spent a long time producing theater, performing in theater, which I'm going to post all those links in the show notes so people can check out the amazing work you do with Listen to Your Mother. But how how did you how did you end up here? Like what brought you here? What brought me here? I intended to become a therapist when I got my master's in social work. And then I was a stay-at-home mom with two kids and fell into this other creative project. Um, the storytelling show that I began in 2010 that kind of came out of I had been writing online as a mom blogger, but really just trying to find the humor in every day. And I found all these creative people online and made friendships that I still have 10, 15 years later. And that relit and reignited in me a creativity and connection with an audience that I had sought out in my early professional life as an actor. And that just took me for this incredible ride. Um, that ended up with a live storytelling project that spanned North America um, and a book and TV appearances. And it just, it was just a wild ride. And I folded that down because whereas I had wanted this creative outlet as a young mom, as my kids got older, I really wanted to focus on them again. And I was, um, this thing just took off in a way that left me kind of just overwhelmed. So I folded that down in 2017, although it lives on as a licensed theatrical production. And then I really focused on just myself and my family. And I wrote a novel that went out to be published last year, almost exactly at this time. And it didn't sell. And I just found myself at this professional crossroads and my mood I felt really down, even though my life was so good. I just became so hard on myself professionally um, with my aspirations and feeling heartbroken when things didn't land and, you know, having these really, really high, high bars for myself and high goals. And I have always sought out therapists and coaches and talking to both of those people in my life, they just said, the more you accomplish, sort of the worse you feel, Anne. And my career coach had a client who had gone through this positive psychology coaching program. And she and I had talked about my becoming a coach over the years. And it just didn't speak to me or call to me. And during the pandemic, I tried to start looking to relicense myself and become that therapist that I had always planned to be. And it just felt like this long road. It felt sort of thankless. I had years and years of um, educational credits to get, even get relicensed. Then to get the clinical license, it was going to be two additional years, very expensive. And I just felt out of touch. And as soon as I started this positive psychology 
um, coaching program through Whole Being Institute, I just felt excited. I felt lit up. My curiosity was peaked. And um, it just very quickly became clear that this was going to be good for my own well-being and give me this evidence-based framework that I felt it could benefit so many other people. So the point of this podcast for me originally was to talk about positive psychology and how we can apply it with teenagers. But as you were talking about your journey and how you ended up, I don't want to say ended up, but how you landed where you are now, it occurred to me, and this is one of those aha moments that I have all the time, that my listeners are mostly moms and many of them moms with teens. So this is a message that I think is super important and something that I don't want to leave on the table. So I'm taking a little bit of a sidestep in this conversation, totally unexpected to me as well. But we, a lot of us face this. I faced it. You faced it. I know plenty of other moms that are, some are reinventing themselves at this age. Some are seeing their kids into high school and beyond and feeling like, what's next? Some are in careers they're not really happy in. Some are, don't know what to do next. They feel like there's something, but they haven't found it out. So we are two examples of a lot of other women in this position. So I love that you talk about your journey. And I talk about this on the podcast all the time. I know very, very, very few people who have a linear line who say, I went to school for this. I got it. I got a job in this. And now I'm doing this. And this is all the same, right? right? Everybody else is swervy, curvy, bumpy road as, as was yours. So what do you think before we start talking about teens, what advice do you have for moms who are in our shoes right now or where we were before we found this this new journey for ourselves, this new chapter? What advice would you have for them? Well, two things come to mind. And also, I want to validate that not only have you and I experienced this, but if you look at the roster of people that I'm coaching right now, the vast majority are women going through this and men too but women going through this. And um, so the first piece of advice I would give is go to viacharacter.org. And you can put that in the show notes. And I have no professional connection with them in terms of I don't get any benefit. This isn't an ad, but it's a free strength assessment. It only takes like 15 minutes. And It is, if you know about the DSM, that's the Diagnostic Statistician's Manual of how you get diagnosed if you have any sort of mental illness going on. This is like the opposite of that. And it was designed intentionally so that we can figure out what works for us and how we can get more of that. Everyone has all 24 strengths. I want to stress that because it's really easy for people to see their results and be like, oh my gosh you know, perseverance is last on my list and I've gone through so much. And it's like, everyone has all of them. The ones at the top of the list that they call your signature strengths are likely things that come most easily to you, where you can find ease and flow. The things that list lower for you might just mean you have to work harder at them. It doesn't mean you don't have them or you're deficient in any way. So I want to just point that out. There is so much... um, That is a really rich tool for how simple it is. And they have a kid version. And so we'll probably talk about this later in the episode. I've 
had my kids take this and it specifically came in really helpful for writing essays for the college application for my son. Um, so becoming aware of your strengths is the first thing. And then the second thing I would do, I mean, this is what I coach. I have loads of suggestions for this kind of thing. But a really good clue to what is going to work for you in the future is what has worked for you in the past. It doesn't mean the content necessarily. Like, you know, maybe you are really happy in this one job. You don't need that exact job. But what about that job and in that time of your life was working? And if you have your strengths profile, it might be a lot easier to identify, oh, that's why that job worked so well for me, because teamwork is my number one signature strength. And that's great information for what you're going to need to feel happy and satisfied and feel yourself efficacy looking forward. So those are just two things. And there are so many more. Those are excellent suggestions. Um, I use assessments in my coaching, too. And um, I, I've actually done the VIA Strengths. Is that what it's called? VIA yep. Strengths? The v, I've done the VIA Strengths um, assessment myself and found it, to your point, for as a free assessment, pretty rich, like provides a lot of good information. So I really like that. And read the definitions because they might not be what you think at first glance. Like it might say like judgment, like, well, I feel pretty judgmental. It's not about judge, being judgmental or not being judgmental. It's about the way that you um, process, you know, so like if you do the VIA, it stands for values in action. If you do the assessment, make sure you read, do, do the drop downs to read the definition before you jump to a conclusion of what it means. Okay. All right. Good tip. So that's good advice for, for moms or dads or really anybody in their life who's feeling lost or uncertain or feeling the need for change to yeah. change it up. So I could have used you about two years ago. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> me, I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so you mentioned that you gave the teenage version to your teen who was writing college essays. So let's talk about that positive psychology with teens. And this is sort of this is a subject that is related to a hot button for me. So I feel like our schools spend a lot of time telling kids what they're not good at, and that burns me up. Um, it's all about you know working on the classes that they're not doing well in versus celebrating the ones that they're doing well in and giving them more of that. So can you talk about positive psychology in teenagers? And as you know, we, we can't change the school system. That's a big ship to turn and I'm not even going to turn it, but at home, what can we do? Um, and how can we apply positive psychology to help our teens? Hmm. Um, well, one thing I think is we can learn a lot from our teens for our own positive psychology and well-being, which, of course, is then a self-fulfilling cycle, right? So um, you've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, 
and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For instance, my younger son, who's a freshman, he went out for football this year. We are not athletic people. He has never played football. Uh, Freshman year is no cut, so you can kind of try anything. And yes, I was terrified he was going to get flattened. He did not. Um, And better yet, he worked harder than he's ever worked, probably for anything in his life. He, I think as a younger, less mature kid, would try things, have delusions of grandeur that he was going to be awesome. And then when he wasn't, he would quit. A lot of us do this too as grownups. And watching him persevere and get through the season, even with a minimum of playing time, things that would have sent him running earlier was so inspirational to me and such a good lesson about growth mindset. Growth mindset has really become a buzzword um, where people shortcut it to mean like just curiosity and open-mindedness, but it really has to pair with the work that um, in order to grow and learn, it's hard. It's really hard. And Where you find ease and flow is good for our mood and also for learning. Where we, where things are easy, we're not usually learning. So in terms of those classes that you have to take, the good news is those things that you're struggling with are growing your brain. And I know that's not something you're going to tell your kid who's in the middle of like crying over calculus, but you can say to them, you're continuing to reach is you can really affirm that. That is tremendous. That is hope in action. And you are growing your brain, even if it's not showing up on those answers. Um, so that's kind of a couple things that watching our kids and commenting on when they are just practicing and sticking with things that they're not particularly good or doesn't come easily to them. Those are building blocks for a, like well-being over a lifetime, uh, being able to stay with that curiosity and reach, reaching. And then um, other ways to be to embrace positive psychology with, with our kids. So back to, man, the college application process is a bear. I know that's what your whole podcast is about. I've learned from listening to some of your guests, and it's just one of those things like you can't believe how extreme it is until you go through it. True. And I had True. been encouraging my son to take the, the strengths profile. He had no motivation to do it. Like, why would he? And then as we start looking at the college applications, um, they're wanting, you know, describe yourself in three words. And I said, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this one last time. But I promise you, if you go and take that character strengths assessment, You will have answers to these questions and you have ways of answering it that are true, that are descriptive and that are compelling. And not only did that happen, but it helped us go, oh, well, right up here, top in your signature strengths profile is humility. So, of course, you hate doing these applications like it was very validating, which is also what um, happens when you look at your strengths profiles. So that was a big aha moment. And I also just wanted to draw back to something you said about the, you know, classes that don't come easily to you. And, um, but then also what you said about like 
you're supposed to know what very few people know what they wanted to do and then went and did it and became it and are still that today. And I just am struck by even in the application process, how they want you to list your major, you know, and like for the kids who know exactly what they want to do, that's one thing. And I, and we, you know, none of this is, nobody's going to be, you know, wedded to whatever choice they make in the application, but the process is stressful for all sorts of different reasons. And like, I have a kid who's an excellent student. He's very curious. He loves learning. He really has no idea what he wants to be. And it has made the process so challenging and exhausting for him. Yeah. I'm finding that with my own son and with my clients because my clients are teens and young adults. And interestingly or not, maybe not surprisingly, many of my clients are college students because I get it when you're, I'm not saying teenagers need to figure out what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying we need to spend the time to help them do exactly what you're saying. Find out what their strengths are, its strengths, its interest inventory and values, and at least point them in a direction, whether it's science or whatever that general Mm -hmm. direction is. That's my goal. But more and more I hear from college students that they're two years in or three years in and they have no clue where they're headed. And I just keep saying, if you're going to spend that much time and that much money on an education, get your ROI, get your return on investment. Because while many will say, just get a degree and you can get a job, in this, in the world we live in today, that's not necessarily true. There are skills, specific skills to be developed and specific things you can do to make yourself stand out after. But I'm off on a tangent. But I like what you said about that. You know, especially if your child is humble, like yours is, and mine is too. One, they don't like to talk about themselves. And two, most teens, if you say, what are you good at? will go, I don't know. I'm not good at anything. But when you work with them with an assessment like this, they really start to learn a lot about themselves. And it's not because mom thinks so, right? It's not because I, I say to my kids all the time, oh, you're so funny. Well, it doesn't matter what mom says, Right. But when they do an assessment like that and that and that gives them input about themselves, I think it's a lot more valuable and it'll stick. And watching where your kids light up is a great clue. So my son is good at math and good. He's really a STEM guy. And I see how excited he gets moving math and science into the real world. So we're like really just using the same approach that you and I are having about parents in transition, just normalizing like. You got into the engineering school. That's amazing. So you'll try it and you'll see. And if it's not right, then you'll have new data and we will go from there. So, you know, we're figuring out a starting point, not necessarily a finishing point. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You are speaking my language. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah, like if you don't even have a direction to start going in, you can't make those mistakes you can't learn what you don't like. I call it a, you know, I've referred to it before as like a relationship, right? Like dating. You don't know what you want or don't want in a partner until you meet a lot of people, learn about different, you know, the way different people handle situations, the way they treat you, all those things. It's kind of the same for careers. Like there are deal breakers that you won't know about until you really dig deep and start learning about the day to day and what it really means. So, 
exploration is the word I use over and over and over again. I've had a nickel for every time I said that. Um, I, I love what you're saying. And you're right. It works for us moms. It works for kids. Um, it works for teens. Exploration. The more we can expose our teens and help them learn more about themselves and learn about possible future paths, the better off they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and the more information and that can help us keep an open mind, you know, we were having trouble getting back into it after getting a couple, you know, the earliest admissions, I mean, deadlines that he got his applications out. He was just so exhausted after that. We were having trouble getting back to it. And it was like, let's just watch some of the virtual tours. And then that led to like looking around on the website and on the YouTube channel and seeing this um, young woman who was um, some sort of engineer, I forget what kind mechanical or whatever. And she had gotten a research on a research project where she was helping create a communication device for an autistic kid. And you should have just seen my kid was like, that's so cool. So I think, so I think it's finding ways to help each other engage curiosity about the process. So it doesn't feel like such a slog. Like instead of saying, go into your room and start your essay. It was like, what if I just sit with you and we look at one of these tours? You know, I know we're constantly trying to like straddle that line between letting our kids grow up and do things on their own and then still feeling like we got to get them up to the finish line and help them get there. And so I'm constantly like weighing that back and forth with myself. But if I can help him by sitting down next to him while he watches something, that that changed his trajectory with certain schools that he decided to apply to because of that day that I said, let's sit down and watch it. Um, and then he said to me last night, you know, I said, there's a couple more elite schools that he might apply to. And I can just see how burned out he is of this process on top of the very challenging classes he's already taking this fall semester. You know, it's classic yeah. high school senior yep. story. Um, and he said, let's, let's watch a couple, you know, let's watch the virtual tours and, and then I'll really decide if I want to keep going. So because we had done that before, again, it's like working with what's working. He remembered that you know i love 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 that approach it's it's showing support sitting next to them it's not writing their essay for them which happens mm-hmm. um but it's it's giving them the support and kind of fueling their their interest and their curiosity if if that in, is in fact um a good fit for them i love that and what i love about what when you saw that the video and that lit him up. I love that too. I talk about that too. What lights them up? What excites them? But it's real world application. And I think they don't get much of a taste of that in high school. They do a little bit, but I think college is where the rubber meets the road, right? And if they can see videos like you're talking about where an engineer delivers something and you can see the value and the result of Mm -hmm. how it affects somebody in the real world, I just think that gives them a glimpse into much more than I'm going to have to take an engineering class, right? It's what does it all mean for them? Well, and sometimes it's, it's less concrete for um, other kids. Like I have friends with kids in college right now 
who have finally like fallen in love with literature and love critiquing it and talking about it. And we talk about how that's the kind of love that she will have for her entire life, no matter if she gets a partner, no matter what she does for a living. So like there are so many discoveries to be made and tools that you will can take with you. Um, so to take the pressure off, like your kid, you know, if you're like, I don't know how my kid is lighting up. My kid just seems completely stressed out and this process is terrible. And just realizing like there are skills that perhaps no matter where your kid ends up that they're going to find just given the environment that is, you know, I think my kid's really done with high school. And I think it's safe to say that these kids, when they're seniors and have been through K through 12, they need new stimuli. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't know what that's going to be like, I feel like you and I kind of come on different sides of the spectrum in terms of like the college experience and the outcomes. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I think there's a very real world aspect to everything you're saying, I also just feel like a new exposure um, to such a wider course offerings and then just learning to like stand on your own two feet uh, is an, obviously an incredible opportunity as well and so important in human development. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you on that. I think I, I hear what you're saying. Like I, I'm just a big believer in, in getting value from college and that may be tangible and it may not. Right. Yes. But um, because yeah, critical thinking, yes. social, you know, social skills to your point, standing on your own two feet, being independent, all those things. So, so, so important. And you can do that at college. You could also do that in an apartment with a job. You could do that in trade school. You could do it in the military. I guess my, my concern sometimes is just send them to college because that's what's expected. That's Mm -hmm. where I have a problem, right? Where kids go to college because their parents will be mad at them if they don't. Yeah. That's the rub for me, right? Yeah, and that kind of talks to positive psychology and that the way to um, healthy well-being is not through external validation as much as many of us have either trained ourselves or been trained to seek that out. I mean, that's very true for me. And I really see how um, that's a setup to fail. So doing something because somebody else wants you to, something we have to do a lot in childhood Um, and then ultimately we need to figure out what we need to do for us. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. I love this conversation. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So what else? Any final thoughts or, or advice for parents for themselves or for their teens or for both? I think it's really helpful sometimes to remember and occasionally say out loud to your kid, like, you know, this is my first time having a teenager, you see your first time being a teenager. It's my first time parenting a teenager, or it might be your second time parenting a teenager, but every kid is totally different. Um, That has come in handy for me because the applications processes rocked me in a way I didn't anticipate. I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm steering the ship way more than I want to be, although I would never write my kid's essay. Um, And, but just even in terms of like picking which envelopes to open when you get the mountain of mail and falling prey to the schemes of like the whole industry, it's very easy to happen, even though I've tried to educate myself. So just saying, you know, 
I feel like I didn't handle that great and I'm sorry. And you know what? I think this is stressful too. And I've never been through this before either. It's really um, honest and um, you can pick up and, and recover from it. What I'm saying is parents don't feel like you have to be the expert at this, whether it's college applications or parenting a teenager and just giving yourself some self-compassion. It's like one of the three tenets of main tenets and through lines of positive psychology is self-compassion. And just to say, I'm new at this. I'm learning too. I'm always learning. I'm going to make mistakes sometimes, but my intentions are really good. And I'm going to stay curious and I'm going to keep learning. Fantastic. So, so good. Great advice. Okay. So I know people are going to want to find and follow you. So where's the best way to do that? Great. Well, I'm on all the, a lot of, I'm not on all, I'm not on TikTok. Sorry. I'm, on, <laughs> I'm not either. I'm on the old people's social medias. Um, <laughs> you can go to my website, which is listenlifecoaching.com. And I'm just like Ann Imig on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find everything from there. And if you go and look on listen, uh, excuse me, that's listen to your mother show. That's my old project, which still exists. But if you go to listen, lifecoaching.com, my newsletter is called the five minute mood lift. And I send out um, short meditations and little tips for lifting up your mood every couple of weeks. Oh, the last thing I want to mention is I offer a free 30 minute consultation if you're interested in coaching. So that makes like the bar to, you know, access really easy. And we just meet and see if we're a good fit. And I hear your story and I tell you about a little bit about what I can do. And then if we want to move forward, we do. Perfect. Well, thank you again. I'm, I'm so grateful for our friendship and I'm so grateful that you took the time to join me today. This is honestly I got, I've learned a lot from you and I know that my listeners will too. So thank no, you. I really appreciate that. And your web, your podcast is such a great resource. I have, you know, gotten books from authors from it. I have learned a lot and it's just so helpful to know like, yeah, this is overwhelming. It's uh, new to me and we're going to get through it, but just, I, I love what you're doing. So thank you. It was so nice to reconnect with Anne. As much as I complain about social media, I'm grateful that Anne and I have been able to use it to keep in touch over the past 10 years. Our conversation today really helped me gain a better understanding of positive psychology and how I can apply it in my own life and in the life of my teens. Anne gave us all a great reminder when she said that we can learn a lot from our teens, a lot about them and a lot about ourselves. I'm going to try to stay more aware of that. Anne is one of the most talented people I know, so be sure to check out her Listen to Your Mother Storytelling show online. I'll include a link in the show notes. I'm going to wrap up here with one of my favorite pieces of advice from Anne. Stay curious and keep learning. This might just be my new favorite quote of 2021. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm grateful that you took the time to listen, and I'd really appreciate it if you would follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback, and I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 110, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. And if you know of a teenager who's unsure of their next step after high school, 
a college student rethinking their future career path, or a young person who just needs some guidance while evaluating their career choices, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.